here's the first one about no more wine. He says, there comes a day when the wine gives out. The glass is empty. The party is over. On that day, life seems empty and dry. There is no vibrancy or vitality. Nothing is growing or fermenting within us. Our world is colorless and tasteless. The bouquet of life is absent, and we are living less. We are living less than fulling alive. And so... Some of us may be sitting here today feeling like that, feeling empty or dry or lifeless, tasteless, joyless. Maybe we're longing for something more. Maybe we're thirsting for fullness or vibrancy, bouquet, joy. John and Jesus want to help us here with the rest of the story. As we watch Jesus strangely transform water into wine. And so for us, I have this question to consider. How does believing in Jesus miraculously transform us? How does believing in Jesus miraculously transform an empty life? And so we're going to look at two ways in which this Uh, may help us today. On your sermon notes, there are two blanks to fill out. Here's the first one. First, Jesus can give me an abundant new life. The first blank, abundant. And right under that, in that space there, would you write the word quantity? Jesus can give me an abundant new life, and right underneath that, quantity. Jesus wants to transform the quantity of our lives from lack to abundance. John 2, 6 through 7, he says this. Now standing there were six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the what? To the brim. These may seem just like extra details thrown in by John. But John is making sure that we know that these water jars are not just some clay pots that are put about. But instead, these are six stone jars used for religious ceremonies of purification, symbolizing their need to be cleansed. But also notice that these six stone jars are in total going to hold from about 120 to 180 gallons of liquid. That's a lot of water. I've read that in religious ceremonies, that they would use just one cupful of water for 100 people. That's a lot of water. There was literally enough water in these six pots for the entire world. The quantity of Jesus' transformation is unlimited. The quantity of Jesus' transformation is incalculable. John wants us to know that God's grace is not limited. It is never finite. Just one chapter later, Jesus would say, for God so loved the world. Not just for God so loved the village of Cana. Not so God so loved the region of Galilee or God so loved the country of Israel, but God so loved the world. This is abundance. Three years later, just hours before Jesus was arrested and tried, viciously beaten and nailed to the cross, he gathered his 12 
together. Taught them one last time. And, and John records this one last lesson like this. He says in John 15, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me you can do nothing. Apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. Jesus wanted them to know and us to know now that our lives will be empty, dry, lifeless, colorless, tasteless, joyless without him. But when we learn to abide, when we learn to connect continuously to Jesus like a branch to a vine, then we can have fullness, vibrant, joyful lives. So how is the quantity in our lives right now? Are you feeling empty or are you feeling full? Is life in Christ abundant within you? The second way that Jesus can transform an empty life is that Jesus can give me a superior life. That's your second blank. Jesus can give me a superior life. Under that, would you write quality? Jesus can not only change the quantity of our life from empty to full, but can also change the quality of our life from inferior to superior. Look at what happens next in John 2. Jesus said to them, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said, now, draw some out and take it to the chief steward. So they took it. When the steward tested the water that had become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants knew, the steward called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first and then the inferior wine after the guests have become drunk, but you have kept the good wine until now. So the servants fill the water, those, the stone uh, water bins to 120 to 180 gallons. Just following Jesus' instructions, they take a cup out, they bring it to the maitre d' to test it. And we're not told when. We are not told when it happens, but the water is transformed. The water is transformed from simple water to high quality, high dollar wine. It's not just Adam Sandler's quality H2O from the movie Waterboy. But rather, in fact, it is transformed into the most valuable, the most expensive bottle of wine that would be in the wine cellar of Burns Steakhouse. When did the miracle happen? Was it when the servants filled the jar or when they dipped the cup? Did it happen when the cup touched the lips of the master of ceremonies? We're not told, but the miracle, the sign pointing to the resurrection of Jesus occurred. The quality of the liquid was transformed. This miracle is a metaphor to what Jesus wants to do in our own lives if we'll let him. Jesus takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary if we abide and remain in Christ Jesus.
When I was a child, my mom loved to decorate our home, and sometimes she would make things to put around centerpieces or art on the wall. And so one time she was making a centerpiece for our kitchen table, and she took a basket and some cute fabric, and she took real bread, lo little loaves of bread and rolls of all different sizes and textures, and she arranged it just how she wanted it. And then she took shellac and shellacked all of the bread many, many, many times over so that it would not rot, it would be preserved, and it was also very shiny. Well, one day she was walking through the kitchen. My sister and I were standing there in the kitchen, and she looked over at the centerpiece, and there were bite marks in it, teeth marks. And she said, well, I wonder how those got there. But Marcy and I just, I don't know, Mom. I don't, I don't know how those teeth marks got there at all. I don't know. That bread centerpiece represents many a life. It looks real. It looks good, shiny, new. But it is a fake. The quality is not satisfying. The quality is not nourishing. In that same message to his disciples just hours before he was going to go to the cross, Jesus also said this, Abide in me, and as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Jesus wants us to know that the quality of our life will not be fruitful apart from getting connected and staying connected, abiding in Jesus. And he, and he alone gives us the capacity to live lives that are fruitful to live lives that matter, to live lives that have purpose. Jesus freely invites us to give up lifeless religion and take on abiding relationship with him. We can move from drinking the water of following the rules and just going through the motions to wine the wine of his reckless love and unending mercy and grace. And all of this happens when we first hear Mary say, there is no more wine. Listen to Father Marsh one last time. Regardless of how it feels or what we think about it, the day the wine runs out is the beginning of a miracle. Christ does not simply refill our glasses. He transforms our lives, turning water into wine. It is, after all, the third day, the day of resurrection, the day of new life. That which was colorless is now vibrant red. That which had no taste now tingles our tongue. That which had no fragrance has now a full bouquet. That which had no life is now fermenting and active and alive. Is your life overflowing and abundant? Is it excellent and superior? For far too many, we live a kind of joyless, empty, inferior life 
But Jesus invites us to abide, bear good fruit. I have three glass jars here, each representing a possible spiritual um, condition for our lives today. The first one is just an empty glass jar. There's nothing in it. Devoid of anything nourishing, it's dry, hollow, depleted, bare, vacant. Is this how you might describe right now in this moment your relationship with God? Maybe today is the first time you've even ever thought of having a real, authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe the idea of that relationship stirs something within you. Don't ignore that stirring. Is this how you feel today? Empty. The second jar has water. Just two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen, that is it. We need water to live, of course. But let's be honest, water is tasteless. We can survive. We need this to survive, but to thrive, to be fully alive, we need more robust flavor and taste. And I'll have to tell you, in many of my years following Jesus, my life has been like this. Bland and tasteless. Not connected. But God invites us to deep, deep drinks from the Holy Spirit. To take it in full. To live abundant lives in Christ. Are you living a tasteless life today? And the third glass jar, full with rich, deep, bountiful juice. The color and the taste, the fragrance are inviting. It not only quenches our thirst, but it brings joy, it brings delight. And we are blessed when we richly drink deeply from the well of God. This is where Jesus invites us to be, invites us to live. This is where Jesus invites us to be people of obedience to God who serve rich life and serving others and loving one another authentically, in abundance. Is this you today? The miracle begins the moment we say there is no more wine. That's the beginning of the miracle when we say those words. And so my prayer for us, Grace Community, my prayer for Fishhawk, my prayer for Lithia, is that we come to this place where we can say, Lord, there is no more wine. Fill me up to the brim. You may remember the story of Jesus in the upper room with the disciples, with his friends, and, and they 
we're having supper together, and he, and he took the bread, and he blessed it, and he gave thanks, and he broke the bread. And he said, this is my body given for you. Take it and eat from it, and, and each time you do so, remember me. Likewise, he took the cup that was filled with this nourishing and life-giving and abundant wine. And he took the cup and gave thanks again. He said, this is my blood poured out for you and for many for your sin, for the forgiveness of sin. Take it and drink from it, and each time you do so, remember me. Oh God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine and make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forevermore. Amen. I want to remind you as Tracy prepares that, that this is an open table. It's not Grace's table. This is not a United Methodist table. This is the Lord's table. And it's open to all who are looking to be filled with this new wine. This abundant, superior wine. Grape juice. open to all. In a minute, you'll, you'll be invited to come down these two center aisles to the station on either side, and, and you'll come with open hands, and, and you'll be given a piece of bread, and you'll take that bread, and you'll dip it into the cup and, and consume these two simple elements that have been somehow miraculously transformed so we can remember Jesus the Christ. The altar uh, rails are open on the sides. It's a, it's a great place to linger and to pray, if you'd like. And so you can pray there, and then I'd ask you to, to return to your seats on the outside aisles. If for some reason gluten is an issue, we'll have a gluten-free station here in the center and, and just come out of line and, and come to this center station. I invite the, uh, those who are going to be serving to come forward and prepare.
Friends, the table is open. Come and move from an empty vessel or a vessel full of other things, full of water that's providing life, but be filled with the one that provides an abundant, superior life. Amen? Table is open. In the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So I yield to you and to your careful hands. When I try.
you receive this benediction. May we go forward on this day saying to Jesus, there is no more wine. Fill us to the brim. Fill us with abundance. Fill us with your superior new wine, Lord Jesus. Go now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.